0: Welcome to Heart Talk. I'm your host, writer, educator, and creator, Tracy Michelle. say it all the time, mostly as a way of comforting you, sometimes as a way of comforting themselves. When you've lost someone you love, when that person has died, folks love to say, just know that he's looking down on you or just know that she's watching over you. And there was always a part of me that found that statement empty. You see, I can't see my cousin. I can't touch my friend. I can't hug my granny. I can't chat or text with my homie. So how does them looking down on me help me carry this weight of grief that sits on my shoulders? How does that keep my tears from tingling my sinuses until they break forth and sob after sob? And I believe it's true. I mean, I believe in the great cloud of witnesses. I believe that somehow some way the people I've lost are present in spirit. But for the longest I couldn't shake wanting to feel them. That was until I understood that in order to feel them, I needed to feel myself. I needed to return to my body. I needed to allow my grief to feel me, to lean into it, not be afraid of it, that my grief is purposeful and necessary in my own refinement. It wasn't until I actually understood the ancestral breath. You see, the breath I take is connected to all the breaths taken by those who have gone before me. I breathe, and so they who have already ascended to the next phase of their journey, breathe also. When my breathing is shallow and my body is filled with the quaking presence of uncertainty, I choke their air. But when my breath is deep and steady, I kind of think that they are somehow able to return. And when they return, they fill me with wisdom and knowledge of the ages. Their guidance is not hindered by all of my gasping, all of my shallow air, right? They're able to be the witnesses that they were meant to be. So what does it mean to not truly breathe more than what's needed to stay alive, to live in the shallow places, to fear the deep fullness of breath? I know what that feels like. Fullness of breath is what I seek now so that I can have access to all the resources that is available to me from beyond. Now, I'm aware that for some, loss and grief is way more complicated than that. It's more nuanced. It's not necessarily about breathing in the wisdom of those who have gone on, because maybe we still have to reckon with how and why they left. I get that. I get that too. And that's why I'm grateful for this conversation with NASA Taylor. With a communications career spanning nearly 20 years, NASA embodies what the terms strategic leader, creative communicator, efficient manager mean. As the field communications manager for a global brand, NASA is able to effectively communicate with a variety of stakeholders, both internal and external. And prior to her tenure with McDonald's, Nasa was the director of communications for the Tennessee Department of Corrections. She also spent 15 years as the Emmy Award winning assignment editor at WTVF in Nashville, Tennessee. Nasa is the author of the book Congrats on Your Engagement Letters to Tiffany. And that book, um, published by New Season Books and Media, is a candid exploration of what it takes to build and sustain a strong marriage. But The professional accolades pale in comparison to her personal triumphs. NASA has often said that she believes that every test is designed to teach us a lesson, not only for ourselves, but for other people. And I'm sure that right now that has never been more true for her. NASA was married to Chris Taylor for more than 17 years. And after a long battle with cancer, Chris passed away in December. In our conversation, we talk about the process of grief. And what that looks like for her today, what she is thinking through and managing um, as she wades her way through grief. So let's dig in and hear what she has to say.
1: Good. How are you?
0: I am hanging in there. I think I think that's all we can do at this point.
1: Exactly. Uh, Day by day.
0: Day by day, minute by minute, sometimes second by second.
1: So (laughs) Um, true. This is a
0: strange world that we're in nowadays. And so as we do at Heart Talk here, um, I want to open up with just asking you our question. How's your heart today?
1: My heart is really good today. It's not always that way, but in this moment, in this day, my heart is good. Like, Mm -hmm. I was texting a friend earlier. I said, there's some things that I'm doing to my house, some and I've been actually working on my house for, like, the past seven months. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know why I had this urge to redo my house. But Mm -hmm. now I'm like, oh, my house is full of light. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm not sad in my house, you know? And I know we'll get into some more later, but that's really important to me. My house is full of light and I'm enjoying it. Like I'm so happy to be home even in the midst of Corona. (laughs) So I'm really good. I'm really excited. You know, my house is full of light and even in the midst of Corona, I'm really excited to be home. So it's a, it's a good time. My heart's in a good space.
0: I love that. I love the idea of the home being light, right? Because sometimes when we talk about grief, um, we we think heaviness and there's a heaviness, of course, that comes with it. Um, but to have um, a safe space, um, a sanctuary, you know, and I, that sounds like what you're talking about. It's like you're creating your sanctuary, you're creating your space uh, where you can feel all the feels if you need to. You can you can be, period,
1: <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um... Actually, I have two daughters at home, and we had a conversation about, you know, my husband, Christopher, and I said, you know, I don't want to live in a museum, you know, I don't want to live in a museum, I'm not trying to rush into a new chapter, however, I don't want to live in a museum, so this space has to be ours, um, and we have to own it, and I think some of the things that, you know, obviously Chris was very, very ill for the, the last part of 2019. And so there are parts of the house and renovations that he never got to see except for on, you know, pictures and FaceTime, you know, because he was confined to a room. Um, and that's good and bad. Bad that he didn't get to see it, but good that I don't have to walk into every space it's like, well, when Chris was here, he did this, you know. Yeah. No, it's all new. So it's, it's, it's very different but it it feels good. It feels, it feels
0: safe. I love that. And I think more than anything, when I think about uh, even myself, what I need as I am walking through a grieving process is a sense of security, a sense of safety. Um, Yeah. What do you miss about Chris? What do you miss about your relationship with him?
1: There's a safety and partnership you know, in that every decision, there's somebody there to bounce it off of that, you know, um, even if it's the wrong decision, you have somebody's hand to hold as you fix it, you know, um, and that's, that's the joy of being in a partnership. You're not in this by yourself. Mm-hmm. And so that's the number one thing that I miss that, that, that partnership, you know, um, you know I wrote a whole book about it. Everybody knows about our marriage, and there are some actual very devastating things that were uncovered towards the end of his life that um, we really had to unpack and as a family post his death, really delve through and, and heal from um, things that honestly I didn't know. But um, I missed the partnership. And I miss my friend. You know, I do. I miss my friend. Um, who you guys else has gonna- together for
0: 20? 20, 20 years?
1: We were married for seventeen, almost eighteen. Our anniversary was is January twelfth, and he passed away December first. So we didn't quite make it to eighteen, but we had been together since I was nineteen, since we were sophomores in college. Wow. Okay. So I mean, I was NASA and Chris longer than I've been NASA. Wow. Wow. So that's a long time. Somebody knows you. Yeah. Somebody
0: knows you inside and out. Wow.
1: Inside and out. Inside and out. And so, you know, if if you peel back the layers of marriage, you know, because that had its ups and downs and sideways and topsy-turvy, but he was my friend. He understood my Star Trek references. He was my taboo partner. Can't nobody mm. hold us in taboo? What? You need to come over here. You need to no. come over here. Nobody hold us in taboo. <laughs> I like, well, wish
0: I had got a chance to play with y'all because we would have took <laughs> y'all
1: out. Can't <laughs> nobody hold us because you have that history, right? Yeah. You right. know, you know so much about that person. I can right. say, as you won't drink the last bit of wet in the refrigerator, milk, right. <laughs> you know, it just works. So, wow. yeah.
0: You know, I, when I think about loss and I think about grief, um, you know, and, and the, the audience knows that, you know, in 2018, I lost a family member to racial violence and, mm-hmm. um, it took me by surprise. You just, you never imagined that somebody can go to the grocery and not come home, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it it did something, you know, to me. Um, And part of the way that I grieved was that I just, I was writing. I just started writing and writing and writing and writing. And a lot of people I think felt like I should not have been doing that. I don't know, maybe, maybe I shouldn't have been doing that. But I think my, my experience is that people tend to, believe that the way they grieve is the way everyone should grieve, right? So if I'm the type right. that fall out and cry or, uh, you know, every single day for a week, then that's that's what I need to see from you in order to truly believe that you're grieving. Right. And I, I think that, mm-hmm. you know, we, you know, have to accept that people have different ways. Grief shows up in different ways. So um have you encountered that kind of thing yes. on your journey? Like, you know, why do you think people do that? Why do you think that we can't accept
1: the way someone grieves. I couldn't accept the way I grieved. That was kind of the funny thing. It was me putting expectations on myself and, ha- and asking myself, well, why aren't you doing this? And why aren't you, you know, grieving this way? And why aren't you, you know, picking back up? And, you know, like you said, you wrote every day. I haven't picked up a pen, really. It's, it's you know, I just haven't. Um, and I actually have a cousin who, Husband passed away from the exact type of same type of cancer a couple years before Christopher died, Mm -hmm. and she has risen through all of it. Started a nonprofit. She's doing amazing work out there in the community, lifting up women. And I was like, "You should be doing the same thing. You have a platform. You're a writer. You do all these things. That's the path that you should follow. Why aren't you following it?" And then I had to look like, "No, that ain't my path right now." Right. You know, that's just not. I'm okay with fumbling through this new season. And I use the word fumbling on purpose because I am such an alpha person, like list and checklist, and I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. And now I'm kind of just like, no, I'm going to fumble through it until I figure out that next step. But I'm not going to force myself to put a list on paper to, you know, check things off and, you know, act like I got it all together. I do not. And I'm okay with that. For the first time in my life, I'm okay with fumbling.
0: Mm. And that's okay. I think I want the audience to hear you when you say that, like hear, hear her loud and clear, hear us loud and clear, you know, mm-hmm. that it is 100, however grief shows up for you, however, it, you know, however you process what's happened, it's okay. You know it is. whether whether you're hyper productive. I'm thinking about even like what's going on now with COVID 19, and there's all of these memes that are popping up. And some one meme says, you know, if you're not writing a book and doing this during this time while you're quarantined, then you didn't, you know, you lack discipline. And but then there's another one that says, you know, that's wrong. Um, maybe you just want to. Maybe you still. And I'm like, neither one is wrong. Like if exactly. Because, because for me, like. Sometimes for me, the only way for me to get through a day is to shift my attention onto some project or something like that. But that's yeah. Tracy, right? And then there are other days where I, I can Netflix all day long, or I can take a bath and, you know, go to sleep or, or pray or what, whatever, however it shows up. And I, right. I think we have to start, like you said, sometimes we do it to ourselves, like you said, but sometimes we put that on other people. It's just got to be okay. It's just got to yeah.
1: be okay. I've done that through this whole coronavirus too, you know, have, needing to check myself that need to be productive all the yeah. time, but I am full of being busy, but am I really being about business? Mm. And, you know, that, that was a huge thing for me. When the corona started, of course, my mind went immediately to, hey, you should use this time. You should lose 30 pounds. You should write your next book. You should be more on social media. You should do all this stuff. And the reality of it is I've spent most of my evenings watching action movies with my daughters and going on walks. And it's the best time ever because I know that the time I have with them is finite. I know they're going to go off to college again. You know, I know that, you know, they're going to move out of my house eventually. And this is the first time I've always been a hyper worker. I'll work 12 hours a day every day. That's just how I'm wired. But this is the first time where, you know what, there's no commute. Yeah. I'm home. I yeah. can make popcorn. I can sit here with you. I can play speed, you know, all those different things that I haven't had time to do because I'm so busy. Yeah. Mm, now I'm like, okay, let's fumble through it. Let's play this game.
0: I love it. I love it. And I, I was just thinking, I think I just lost my thought because, you know, I, I wonder if for some of us, um, this is the opportunity to be still. Right. Like not everybody. I'm not saying that right. um, it's funny because, you know, audience, uh, full disclosure, I've known NASA for a very long time. We went to high school yes. together. Our moms were in a gang together. Low key, not a gang. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it was a women's group, but my mom always tells me about, you know, Ebony ladies and all of this yes. kind of thing. And, you know, so I've known her for a very long time and you have been excellence always right like in high school it was like you know she was that she was that that girl you know and so i think sometimes we get into like patterns right and sometimes things happen in our lives i know it has for me where we have to take a step back and we have to be still and we have to observe like so Nasa is part of the new season books and family And my first instinct when all of this happened, I was like, oh, they all at home now. Okay. Maybe, you know, and I was going to put this big video out on our page and talk about like all the ways we can market our books and get it out. And I said, eh, you know, I don't know what each individual is going through in their home. I don't know, you know, how they're even processing the anxiety around this thing i could go into entrepreneur marketing mode and say hey this is a huge opportunity let's do this but i said no like if you want to do that great we can talk about it but i don't i didn't want to be that force and i think uh, to to your point you know um it is okay to pop popcorn and watch movies and go take walks and just be still it really is um and grief is a process, right? So yeah. we know that. We hear that. That's what everyone says. Um, what has been, what does your process look like for you so far? Like what, what would you tell someone who's at the beginning? They just lost something, right? Um, someone. What would you tell them? What does it look like for you?
1: Um, the, the thing I would tell that person is show up for yourself. Hmm. Show up for yourself. So I, show up for everybody else I always show up for everybody else and you know I had to take an assessment of myself and show up for myself Mm -hmm. um they rolled Chris's body out my front door I stood at the door I cried I gathered myself and I tended to my children Mm -hmm. like I didn't even pause between standing at the door and crying gather yourself and then attend to the people who were in the room, you know? And at some point I had to be like, you know what? Go lay down. Like you have to go through this and feel this and not abandon your children because I already have people in place to, of course, tend to my children. Um, But go lay down. Like you have to go through this and you can't jump over the process. Mm -hmm. Grief is a book you have to read every page. Like, you can't jump chapters. You can't jump to the end. Grief is a book. You have to read every single page. And some pages, you're going to laugh. And sometimes, you're going to cry. And sometimes, at the very beginning, I was real pissed off. Mm. I spent many a day real pissed off. Like, what? Like, after all this, all this time, all this marriage, all this book, all this, you know, you being right there at every book signing and all those things. And then some of the things that came out post that, I was like, well, hmm, ain't that something? And I was angry. Mm-hmm. I was, there are days where I'm still angry, you know? Um, and that's you okay, you too. to
0: feel that, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah you know, and finding that safe space, be it therapy, be it your best friend, be it your mama, be it whoever, you know, it is that safe space is that, you know, you get to go and say to that person, let me talk to you real quick. <laughs> I need to talk to you and get this off my chest because I'm feeling like rolling up on some people's and that's mm-hmm. not, you know, right. And that's just being real. Like I literally called my best friend and said, can I just go be the ass one time? <laughs> and she said, nope I said oh okay mm-hmm. you sure <laughs> she was like nope and we had to walk through that she said you talk to me and tell me everything you want to say to her mm-hmm. and I mm-hmm. felt better at the end you know I did I felt better at the end mm-hmm. so and, I and think- now I'm back to the good spot yeah
0: and I think that sometimes um what people need most when they're grieving is that support yeah I need someone that I can go to and scream and yell and cuss and fuss and you know go off and go off again or that I can ball on their shoulder or I can um you know sometimes even be a little nasty you know what i'm saying like yeah because sometimes if you don't know what's you don't know how it's going to come up I, i i find for me when everything went down with my with my cousin i didn't realize how much of that stuff was trapped in my body how much of that pain and that fear and that anger was literally trapped in my body um until i actually you know had this episode with my acupuncturist where she like hit a point and all of this emotion just i just started bawling and i was like oh what is happening to me <laughs> but it was yeah. like tears and everything and it's and, and a lot of people you know you know me like i'm all about the mind body connection and somatics and all of that and I, I just feel like if you don't have that person you can go to the say can i take can i do this um it can get trapped yeah, and physically definitely. you start to feel it you know?
1: yes I can tell when I'm off kilter I am so nauseous mm. when I am all pent up and there's something else going on it, it resonates in my stomach and I will actually have physical belly pain and be just vomiting and you know and I have to figure out is this a stomach bug or is something amiss with me mm. you know and sometimes it's just no you're overstressed overworked you're over panicked mm. let's take a break you know, and calm down, and it, you know, give it 24 hours. Let me get myself back together, get recentered, and then, okay, you're better now. You're better now. That's but it took a long time for me to figure that out because I thought, oh, I have IBS, or oh, I have this, or oh, I have that. I don't. No, right. I do have some stomach issues. Don't get me wrong, but those stomach issues are aggravated and amplified by stress that I under.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. So one of the things that has come up for me during this COVID-19 thing is trying to explain to my daughter why we're in the house for now 48 days, (laughs) Um, Mm. why she can't go and have a play date, um, and why people are dying, to be frank, because, I mean, we try our best to kind of keep her from we don't we don't do the news a lot anyway but she hears things she hears me talking did you hear you know talking to her dad saying oh did you hear about this you know so she picks up on stuff and so i'm just um wondering how have you been able to walk um your children through this grief process because they don't always have all the tools that we do we got therapy. we got this we got that they you know, don't, sometimes don't know what to do with all those emotions and feelings. And so how have you been able to handle
1: that? So I have to handle it differently depending on the child, right? So um, number one is I did make therapy available for both of them. And um, they both have utilized that service. Um, My eldest tends to, she likes to produce so when there are items and things that are going on, she likes to control what she can control. And that is scholastic and things like that. So being back on campus for her after her father passed away was actually very healing for her. It, mm-hmm. it grounded her and gave her that sense of normalcy again, you know, because I can control this space. Mm-hmm. Um, now being back home, um, she's actually navigated that change very well. But still, there's a lot of, you know, we check in, and there's a lot of spending time together as a family. Baby girl struggled significantly. Um, As I was talking to you earlier, she lost her father in December, goes back to school, and then loses prom, graduation, 18th birthday, all your friends taken away in a blink of an eye. You're not going back to school. Here's your spring break, and you never go back again for your senior year, you've worked 13 years for this moment, and now it's gone, Mm -hmm. and so she was having a really, really, really rough time, like, so much so that she would not get out of bed, Mm -hmm. and, you know, one day at at the table, I'm gonna let you linger for a while, and then we had to have a conversation, how can I help you, because you have to get up, So what does that mean for you, you know, and I, because she is, you know, a child, not over the age of 18 yet, um, even though she will be soon, my baby, but, um, (laughs) you know, it was, I need you up by 10, I need you showered and dressed by one, I need you out of your room until four, you know, like, I had to put actually time stamps on it, and also, um, she had increased her telemedicine, telehealth with our therapist. So that way, you know, to kind of walk through that, you know, I'm her mother. I'm not her therapist. I'm here to listen. I can do a lot of things. I'm real cool as a mom, but you know, this is something that I'm like, you need to talk to somebody else who you feel safe with. You already had a connection with, you've talk to her for a while now, you know, and to walk through that. And you know, there was a marked change in the past, I would say, three weeks now of, you know, she's coming out. But I think it took somebody acknowledging, hey, you're in the cave. Mm-hmm. Let's come on back out. Let's come on back out. I have no problem people being in the cave and but sooner or later you gotta come back out. Yeah. And that's what I wanted for her. And that's what she's doing.
0: That's good. And I I hopefully I hope the audience hears you when you say you may you're a mom and you're not her therapist because um, I think sometimes those lines get blurred for folks mm-hmm. <laughs> and and oh she don't need therapy she got me no your children sometimes need a level of care and a voice that's not yours right yep. um, so, and, and someone who can they can feel safe enough to share without all the things that come with it being mama right
1: <laughs> exactly when I speak to them, there's a level of expectation put up on them. Mm-hmm. They feel that they have to perform a rise to that occasion because I am their mother, right? You know, and I am, you know, Nathan Taylor does, is very atypical too. So there are certain things that are like, well, let me try to be like, you no, know, you don't have to be like me. Right. I just, you know, how, how can I best serve you? And without that mama-ism hanging over them of let me, you know, do what she says because she's my mother and I'm living in her household. Well, no, not when it comes to mental health. Right, you need to have a professional, you know, give some advice and walk you through that. Um, And I can support that, but I can't guide her through that.
0: Yeah, that's good. That's good stuff. That's I think that's good as we kind of wrap this up. Um, How is grief shaping you? Like, what is the impact? I know you're still on this journey. I, I know that you're still reckoning with the loss of your husband. Um, But how do you maybe see or hope, uh, envision yourself two, three, five, ten years from now, um, having had this experience, you know, being a, you know, a widow, right? Like what, how, how is it shaping you? Do you think?
1: You know, I don't know. I think I don't know what it's going to look like in two or five years. I know that, I can't go back to who I was before him Mm. and I'm not the same person I was with him. So this is a whole new being that's being um, revealed, right? I'm being revealed and unveiled in, you know, this whole new being. And I'm, I'm excited to see who that's going to be. Like, who is this person? You know, I, I don't know the answer. And I, like I said before, I'm a fumble through it. I'm going to try on different hats, different T-shirts, different characters, different hair, different whatever, until I find the one that fits in this season. And when it doesn't fit again, I'll molt out of that and turn something else. But I'm okay with that. Um, I think not having an end goal for this season is actually pretty good. I I know I want to be happy. I want to be healthy. I want to be whole. However that looks like for me, as I unlearn and relearn some things, I'm okay with it. It's going to be fun.
0: I love that. I love that. I think that's a great way of clothes, especially honey with the changing of hair because that's what, <laughs> that's what we do. We change. Exactly.
1: <laughs> exactly. We got a full right now. It might be braids tomorrow. You don't know.
0: I, I know. You know, blonde one day, black the next. You <laughs>
1: <Exactly. know. laughs>
0: Thank you so much Naysa for coming to uh, Heart Talk and sharing your heart with with us. Um, I'm so grateful for you. I'm, I'm so proud of you and how you're navigating this, even with the I don't knows and all of that, 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 is, that is probably the best thing. I think I said this in a previous podcast I taped also, you know, it's the best thing that you can say to this audience is like, hey, we'll see,
1: <laughs> you know? Okay.
0: And, and that that's okay, that that's a space, it's okay to be in that space. So um, I appreciate you so much.
1: No, let me, I know I'm, I'm kind of grabbing the mic for a second, the having a Kanye moment, but we also need to recognize you for giving people a safe space to share content like this. Everything that you've done, like I said, we've known each other for years, but I've known you professionally as an adult, and, you know, over the past couple years now, almost three, and you always operate with excellence and thoughtfulness. Um, and that's amazing in the space, in this time, in this period of, you know, everybody's an influence or whatever else. The thoughtfulness and the heart of what you do is always in the right space. And so from your podcast to the things that you write to you working as a um, publisher and the entrepreneur and all of that, that comes through. And that speaks just to, not only to myself and, and, and heals my spirit, but I'm sure everyone else who listens to you is within the sound of your voice. So I just want you to know, thank you for being in a safe space and thank you for having me on your show. I appreciate it.
0: Man, listen, I just, I wasn't trying to cry <laughs> at the end of this, you got me tearing up. You know, I, I appreciate you saying that. I'm honored to, you know, that you feel that way. So um, until next time, I'll talk to you guys soon take care
1: heart talk is written and produced by my mommy tracy michelle lewis jiggins for heart space and new season books and media go to hearttalkpodcast.com to learn more see you next time